2020 has been a crazy year. There was a lot happening and simultaneously not happening in the Sayu industry. I don't know about you, but I found 2020 to be a pretty intense year for Sayu and even us fans as there was a lot of content being released soon after Japan entered a nationwide quarantine. Knowing how the Seiyuu industry is still rather conventional and music and games were seldom made available to overseas fans with the same ease as for domestic fans, I confess that I wasn't expecting Seiyuu and 2D music projects, for example, to adapt that fast to the changes and give their fans all the more reasons to love them. There were amazing gifts given to Seiyuu fans, but there were also things that I wished had been given to us. In this episode of Seiyuu Lounge, and in the spirit of the 12 days of Christmas, Seiyuu Lounge edition, which is to mean 12 of everything, I will go over 6 out of the various gifts Seiyuu gave us in 2020, and 6 gifts that I wish we had received in 2020. Let's kick off this episode of Seiyuu Lounge. Welcome to Seiyuu Lounge, I am your host Vanessa and today I will bring you 6 gifts we received from Seiyuu and 2D music projects and 6 gifts I wish we had received this year. As surprising as it is, 2020 was actually a good year for Seiyuu and 2D music projects' fans. Aside from the unfortunate, albeit necessary, cancellations of several big-profile live shows by some of the most popular 2D music franchises, fans actually got plenty of great and unexpected things from both Seiyuu and 2D music franchises. Being a Seiyuu and a Seiyuu industry enthusiast, I was impressed with how fast the industry and Seiyuu actually adapted themselves to the changes in the world and managed to cover their losses, cancelled events certainly dealt a big blow to their earnings this year, with innovative things. At the same time, and this is from a fan standpoint, not me, the professional that follows the industry with a lot of passion, I wanted a bit more from the industry and Seiyuu themselves. So in this episode I will explore 6 gifts we received, because this is a Christmas season, and 6 gifts I wished I had received from Seiyuu. Let's kick off with the obvious, the 6 gifts we got this year from Seiyuu and 2D music franchises. The first thing that will most likely come to your mind, especially if you followed the Seiyuu industry in 2020, is the YouTube channels. YouTube channels. Up until February 2020, there were very few Seiyuu on YouTube creating content. The high-profile name on YouTube was, and still is, Natsuki Hanae that creates and produces his own content, something that is impressive. If you're a fan of Hanae's, you know how packed his schedule is. 
Hanai is one of the most sought-after seiyuu of 2020, and it is safe to say that he has little to no free time to even be a streamer or a content creator. Surprisingly, Hanai is pretty active as a streamer and content creator on his own YouTube channel. He's a passionate gamer and an awesome host, which makes his videos a joy to watch, even if you're not that big of a gamer. His activity on the platform led to other CU to start trying their luck on the platform. However, it wasn't until March 2020 that we'd get almost every popular male CU and even some rookies and veterans on YouTube, the majority with gaming channels, but others even went as far as documenting their lives and showing how things in the CU industry work. Others enlisted the help of fellow male CU, close friends of theirs to hang out with them. Yusuke Shirai is the obvious name to mention when it comes to CU that started a YouTube channel that is more than gaming. In fact, it does not focus on gaming but more on variety content. During lockdown, he was the source of content for many CU fans, especially those that were worried about the well-being of CU during lockdown, such as Kento Ito, Shunichi Toki, Shintaro Hasanuma, Soma Saito, Yukihiro Nozuyama, and more. He also went over how the CU industry works, recordings, and auditions. This was refreshing as most CU usually tend to avoid going into detail about those. Tomoki Maino went the games and sports route. His fans can attest to the fact that Maino is a massive fan of sports, especially baseball, but that's not all. He also went as far as to tell his fans how recordings work, especially for BL, a field of work in which Maino is really active as a big-time voice actor. Subaru Kimura initially went the goofy way with content that is a bit niche, as it's more focused on his geeky passion for Coca-Cola, but around the summer season he opened two personal YouTube channels showing Kimura on and off work. It is really interesting and as far as candid content goes, it's a really good look into the life of a voice actor. Hyohei Kimura took his passions for alcohol and games and created a gaming channel in which he plays games at his own pace while with a slight buzz. Light-hearted and fun content can be found there. While for Seiyu, launching a channel was a bold strategy to earn more money, at least some to cover for their losses due to cancelled events and recordings, those channels ended up keeping company of their fans in these trying times. Music on streaming platforms worldwide I've already went over this topic on episode 3 of CU Lounge, but it deserves another mention. At the hand that feeds HQ, that is a companion to this podcast, I have always been about the CU and 2D projects' music. I am a massive geek about music and have a passion for voice acting and male CU. So in 2010, I launched the website, hoping to share both passions with fans around the world. What I instantly found difficult in my plan to write about music namely reviewing music, 
was that there weren't easy ways to access it legally. Importing the music is extremely expensive, and if you're passionate about a certain Seiyuu or 2D music project, it can be an insanely expensive hobby. Me, wanting to review Seiyuu music but not particularly a big fan of anyone by that time, wanted to access music through legal ways to review it. It was difficult. Same can't be said in 2020 when the Seiyuu and music industries started to open to overseas fans because we exist and we are a lot and made music by some of our favorite Seiyuu and 2D music projects available worldwide on streaming platforms. King Records, Lantis, Sony Music Japan, Pony Canyon and many other music labels made music from their artists available worldwide. Mamoru Mienu, Shutawoi, Yumu Uchida, Daisuke Ono, Old Codex, Gran Rodeo, Soma Saito, You Make and many more artists have made their music available in 2020 on streaming platforms worldwide. If this isn't a gift, I don't know what it is, guys. A reminder though, streaming doesn't replace the purchase of CDs. Or say you to earn one dollar of royalties on Spotify, for example, they need around 10,000 listens. If say you relied on streaming to pay their bills, they would all be living under a bridge. Once again, if you are a big fan of certain CU or 2D music projects, purchase the music. That way you're contributing for CU and music projects to put more music out. Streaming doesn't assure that. Digital releases. Now that I am on topic, I want to talk about digital releases. This wasn't a common practice in Japan for Seiyuu or 2D music projects to release music exclusively in digital format. In 2020, that was considered more normal and you had Seiyuu like Somasaito tackling a groundbreaking trilogy of digital releases, whereas Wataru Hatano, Kenichi Suzumura, Giro Axia, Yumu Uchida, Trigger, Gran Rodeo, Rivale and more artists released digital singles. It is still not a trend, but for Seiyuu, especially those active in the music industry and finding themselves in a bind to release physical releases, and note that Japanese factories were in lockdown for a long time, delaying the release of many CDs. They found in digital releases a safe outlet to be active, release music and earn some money while locked inside of their homes creating. Call me old school, but I am not a fan of digital releases. I am a collector and I love having the physical editions in my hands. It adds a different value to the release. I will only purchase digital when importing the releases would double or triple their price. Still, digital releases made sure the creatives among Seiyuu in the music industry weren't waiting and kept creating. Clothing brands. Is this really a gift? Well, one thing is for certain, 2020 was a year in which Seiyuu's creativity was off the charts. 
and due to the fact that many CU found themselves struggling to come by and others, the really popular ones, saw their earnings drop considerably, many CU tried their luck at launching their own clothing or apparel brands. CU fans already know that the pioneer in this field is Takuyeguchi with his brand, Egumi, but many more CU joined in the trend of designing clothing for collaborations with other brands or even launching their own ones. Yukikaji, Yusuke Shirai and Yoshiki Nakajima launched their apparel brands in 2020, venturing through a territory that their fans weren't expecting. At least, not that soon. Soma Saito and Miyuirino created their own collaboration lines with Japanese apparel brands. Daiki Yamashita and Nobuhiko Okamoto collaborated with a couple of designs with an apparel brand. There are many other CU that went the fashion route, but these are the highest profile collaborations of the year. Live streams for everyone. Up until 2020, overseas fans seldom got to watch their favorite Seiyu live. That is something that made many want to live in Japan or wish Seiyu, anime and 2D music projects would change their ways. Take the live streams to everyone. And they took. After all, the Seiyu, music and anime industries didn't have any other option early this year other than to adapt to the times or go on silence for as much time as it needed to solve the COVID-19 pandemic. The latter would kill off those projects and make Seiyu go under the radar. So we got live streams of new events and even of older content. Lantis was proactive in holding live streams of some of their artists' live shows something that fans really appreciated. Then we go the no audience live shows by Youmake and the sound only live shows by the Argonavis from Bang Dream franchise, both pioneers in these formats of live streaming. If up until 2020 fans had to rely on illegal downloads of streams held via Nico Nico, in 2020 most streams were free not region-locked, and available on YouTube. This was a massive leap, one that I seriously didn't expect would occur, as Japanese companies are really strict about music rights and the sort. Thankfully, we got hours and hours of awesome live shows, some with audio only, others being full live DVD streams, others even featuring live commentary by Seiyu themselves. Seiyu joining social media While it is true that Seiyu launching YouTube channels was what kept many fans company, I believe that we should also give some credit to those that joined social media in any capacity. All of us are connected to social media at least 4 hours a day. Fans end up following profiles on the web about their favorite Seiyu to avoid having to check multiple sources and getting a messed up timeline, but things changed in 2020 with many Seiyu joining social media, being closer to their fans like never before. 
Tatsuisa Suzuki was one of the biggest joins of the year. He's beloved across all types of seiyuu and anime fans for his work as well as personality. In 2020, Tatsu joined Twitter and Instagram and started to delve a bit on his life and shenanigans as well as sharing behind-the-scenes stories on recordings for games and more. Like Tatsu, many more seiyuu joined in Twitter to be closer to their fans. Coming after work with insane schedules and still taking the time to update their fans on social media is something worth commending. Now that I went over some of the gifts we all received from MailCU and 2D music projects, it's time to delve into the things I wish I'd received from both. This is highly subjective and most wishes and ideas that quite possibly won't happen. If they do, I want to call dibs on it though. So let's kick off this section. Talent Agency Year-End Livestream How awesome would it be if talent agencies took time during the holiday season to hold special year-end livestreams? As an example, I am a massive fan of 81 Produce and quite possibly of most of the agency's male CU talents. My favorite CU is also from this agency. Just look at their roster. Shinichiro Miki, Kenta Miyake, Takuya Gucci, Soma Saito, Kento Hito, Yoshiki Nakajima, Kotaro Nishiyama, Wataru Hatano, Shunsuke Takeuchi, Yuki Sakakihara, Wataru Komada, Shinichiro Kamiu, Shuma Konoe, and many more. 81 Produce is packed with top-tier talent. At the same time, this is a talent agency that focuses on developing their talents in a wide variety of fields and has, in-house, some of who I consider to be among the most talented singer-songwriters in the industry. Soma Saito, Yoshiki Nakajima and Kento Ito. As someone that closely follows music releases by MailCU and 2D music projects, it's impossible not knowing at least these three big names. So yeah, a year-end livestream with all members of 81 Produce imagining that each seiyuu got to take some time off to participate would be really awesome. This is of course a wish I have. I do love seeing interactions between seiyuu and especially those specially brotherly bonds they share from being in the same agency and having experienced the same things. We all know a bit of the crazy things they have to deal with in the seiyuu industry, so to see that by the end of the day they managed to find someone to have their backs and lend them a shoulder within the industry is something that warms my heart. Quite possibly you'll find that you actually like a lot of seiyuu that are represented by a specific talent agency. Imagine that talent agency decided to do a special live stream featuring all your favorites. Pretty awesome, isn't it? Unfortunately, with each seiyuu having their own packed schedules, it may be difficult to have everyone in the same page 
available to be in the same place to participate in such a thing. Still, it would be something I'd watch in a heartbeat. Franchise live shows to be live-streamed as well. This may sound contradictory, especially if you paid attention to what I've said was a gift in 2020. Think with me for a second. Live shows, franchise live shows especially, are available with tickets for the location as well as live viewing. Idolish 7, Utapri, Ensemble Stars, Hypnosis Mike and many more franchises hold yearly live shows that only those lucky to score a ticket and travel to Japan or living in a neighboring country that will hold a live viewing can attend. For example, in 2019 I attended the live viewing for Idolish 7 Second Live reunion in Hong Kong. I was living and working in neighboring Macau at that time, so it was a golden chance for me. But a year earlier, I was back here in Portugal, looking at social media, waiting for someone to share any details on the live, because us, overseas fans outside of Asia, don't get live viewing events in any capacity. Asia, in general, is blessed with live viewing events, but the rest of the world? Well, I get that sometimes there aren't enough fans to warrant paying for licensing to do a live viewing event, but what about alternatives? Online alternatives. That's what I mean with this wish. Just like how live streams of some events have been held via YouTube, and other streaming platforms, some even requiring the purchase of a ticket yet open to overseas fans, we, fans outside of Asia, could get to watch the same live streams as those in the live viewing, as well as exactly the same and at almost the same time as those in Japan attending the events in person can. From a logistics standpoint, it is rather easy to set up a live stream event. More so than the live itself or even the live viewing events. There wouldn't be a need to license the content to other platforms as it could be self-hosted provided, for example, that Bandai has the means to pay for a streaming solution that could have hundreds of thousands or even millions of fans watching the live simultaneously without being kicked out of the live streaming lobby. Not only us, fans outside of Asia, could watch the live, paying for a ticket to those live streams, of course at half the price due to it not being on location, but the franchise itself could benefit from extra revenue by making the live available not only physically to those in Japan and live viewing to those in Asia, but also as a live stream to those outside of Asia. Of course, there's the issue of copyright protection, as there will be for certain someone that will try to steal the live, either by ripping it or distributing rips online and ruin the experience for everyone just because their pirate downloads website is in need of some clicks or whatever. Either way, this could be the future and I am a bit torn that some events in 2020 were still locked 
to Japanese audiences instead of including all fans. Stop region locking music and music videos. This one is long overdue. And I was hoping this would be one of the very first things to change when COVID-19 started to be a big, disrupting issue for the music industry. Region locking music and music videos is a thing meant to be in the past. However, there is still a lot of these in 2020. Some of you will say, well, the industry is adapting itself, it takes a bit of time until everything is available. While there is some truth to that, unfortunately most music labels are too scared of piracy that they region lock music and music videos to Japanese viewers only. I don't know how they thought that would protect them against copyright violations because those continue to occur. And you don't even need to make a big effort to find music videos and music that is region locked, available, stolen from the platforms they were originally in, everywhere. So yeah, stopping the region locking could actually stop piracy, not the other way around. On top of my head, I can name the Jazz On franchise that has the music available on Spotify, however, not for those outside of Asia. Same thing can be said about Avex's weird embargo to overseas sales. Paradox Live, allegedly a hip-hop project that's just like Hypnosis Mike, aims at being a worldwide presence, has its physical copies locked in Japan as it is forbidden by Avex to sell those to overseas fans. I was actually surprised that AVEX that started this embargo thing around 2016 was actually making available for purchase to overseas fans the first releases in the Paradox Live franchise. Maybe it was a show of good grace? I really don't know as online stores started to block sales to overseas fans around mid-2020 and since then there are no legal ways of acquiring the physical versions of Paradox Live CDs if you live overseas. Wataru Hatano and Gakto Kajiwara are also in the same bind. If you are a hardcore fan of Paradox Live, Wataru Hatano and Gakto Kajiwara, good luck trying to find an online store that can sell you the physical editions of the most recent albums that's why I'd love region-locking content, music and music videos to stop happening. And I was hoping that, with the quick adaptation of many players in the industry, it would have happened. Seems like it's still a long way to go. Solo Artist Live Shows This overlaps with some of my wishes and even some of the gifts in 2020, but it can't be talked about enough. Up until February 2020, Seiyu were holding live shows in physical locations. With the pandemic hitting, the shows were cancelled, many that were to be announced never got their announcements out, dodging quite swiftly the whole refund galore that happened throughout the year. Solo artists were cooped up at home or in their studios. 
I know you will be saying, well, they couldn't do anything else. I agree with that to an extent. There were CU releasing short videos even during quarantine. Mamoru Mienu, Shota Woi, Yuma Uchida, Kenichi Suzumura, just to name a few. But the industry itself wasn't able to respond quickly enough, nor adapt to the changes and make the live experience available on a digital, distanced setting. Although there were bands such as Gran Rodeo, Screen Mode, Argonavis, Giroaxia and more already holding their no-audience live shows in the summer, solo artists were nowhere to be found. And that continued up to December 2020. Only this month we got the very first live show held by a solo artist. King Records found a way to actually deliver a live show experience to Mamoru Mieno's fans. I guess this will be the start of a trend to hold shows through this format, even when things get better and live shows can be held safely. I would have loved to have had a Soma Saito, Shotawai, Toshiki Masuda or Makoto Furukawa live show to watch via livestream. It could even have been an acoustic set, which requires less people performing alongside the CU in question. We got close to nothing. A licensed outlet to stream old live shows and events. Up until now, my wishes were all things that can be achieved. But this, this is wishful thinking right here. If you haven't noticed so far by listening to the episodes of CU Lounge, I like going back in time, talk about the history of the CU industry, pivotal moments, records and the sort. Many of you haven't watched some of those live shows or early Naughty's events from Queen Rose or Automate, in which some of your favorite CU were rookies or in which the CU industry was completely different from what we now consider the industry to be like. I'd love for a platform, Japanese or otherwise, to have those old-school events and live shows all in the same place. People would just have to pay a monthly fee to have access to those Netflix style. It would be cool to revisit what are, right now, pieces of history in the Seiyuu industry. Pretty difficult to execute these as there are different rights owners for each event or live show. Seiyuu have to receive payment for all shows they were in that are being rebroadcasted, which would make things rather expensive for the platform itself. Still, I would have loved for something like this to be launched behind-the-scenes and making-of footage. Lastly, another thing that I love is behind-the-scenes and making-of footage. I am that type of person that purchases the limited editions that have both things in it. I am from that generation that used to watch those making-of episodes on MTV. I am also the person that watches how things are done on Discovery Channel. To sum it all up, I am pretty curious and I love to learn new things. Music and music video production are two areas that I am 
particularly curious about. I know that most limited edition CDs come with making of footage, but behind the scenes on the album or singles production is something we seldom get. Honestly, we don't get it at all. Online there are few CU sharing the behind the scenes of their music or music videos. Recently I came across Shugo Nakamura's behind the scenes on the music video for Oh No. That was insightful and showed a different side to Nakamura, showing his artist self talking about the music and what was the concept for the music video. If you ever purchased a CD with making of footage, you know well enough that seldom you get the CU talking about the music or music video itself, you do watch the CU recording it, a couple of words on how they felt about the recording and that's it. In my opinion, that's a really half-assed concept of behind the scenes or making of footage. I would have loved for CU or artists to start sharing making of or behind the scenes footage on the production of their music on their official YouTube channels. If Seiyu or music labels are worried about loss of revenue, then make only available footage that is 5 years or older on the platform. Those CDs are no longer new after that long and would be driving low to non-existent sales numbers by then, so there's no risk of people not buying a limited edition just because the content is online. It doesn't look like it, but there are a lot of people out there that geek about the behind the scenes and making of stuff like I do. Even with all these wishes, it is certain that 2020 delivered us plenty of amazing gifts by Seiyu. And just like that, those were my picks of the 6 gifts given by Seiyu in 2020 and 6 things I wish the industry or Seiyu had given me. Hope you enjoyed this, I know that some things in my wishes will probably sound far-fetched, but most are doable. All that is left is for Japanese companies to take a couple of steps forward and adapt better to the changes. See you no longer have fans only in Japan. If the hand that feeds HQ and CU Lounge are any indication of that, CU have fans in Portugal, USA, Philippines, Indonesia, China, South Korea, Australia, Pakistan, India, Germany, Brazil, Canada and many other countries. Openness to overseas fans can see the CU and music industry profiting a lot with minimal investment. It could take CU's popularity to different heights, it could help make careers blossom, it would bring CU fans together, it could stop piracy altogether. The possibilities are endless if Japanese music labels and the CU industry stop being traditional and focus only on their domestic market. But enough about this business stuff. 
2020 was a tough year, but not without a lot of awesome things, new ways of enjoying music and live shows, lots of free content and CU spreading their wings to other fields. 2020 was a year of creativity, a year of rebirth. And CU were able to rise to the test and adapt enough to the point of having given us gift after gift throughout the year. Now, tell me, what were the gifts you've received from CU this year? What are the things you would have loved to receive, but you didn't? Let me know in the comments below. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss the hand that feeds HQ's weekly mail CU and music-related content, hit the subscribe button. I'll return next week with another episode of CU Lounge. Thank you for listening and see you around. Happy Holidays!